Hello and welcome, fellow creatives. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you to keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this journey to explore all things creative. I'm Derek Wagner. And I'm Riley Peterson. And this is the Living Creativity Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. Today, we're going to dive back into the topic that we started last week, the impact of AI on creativity. But we're going to focus a little bit more with this one on some of the other issues around that, such as your intellectual property, how it's being used by AI, and how that affects copyright. So if you're interested at all, stick around. And thanks for listening. Let's get to the show. So maybe that's a good a good barometer for... AI, it just strikes me as interesting to think about it in that way. It's like, how dependent am I on AI and my creativity, right? Like, am I able to still engage in a creative process that doesn't involve AI? You know, if is I, if I, on your tool belt, right? Yeah. First one I'm going for, or is it like, oh no, I'm still going for a screwdriver. And then I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Primary tool you're grabbing. It's like, well, well, and it also, I think you have to use discernment, right? Because there may be a time when, you know, you do need to pick your shovel up and just dig a little hole. It's like getting a, a backhoe to to dig a hole is not going to serve you well in every situation, you know? Right. So yeah. it's like you need to have discernment to be able to look at each one and kind of decide, I guess, like, hey, what what does this call for? You know, and, and there may be times when it, it suits your needs and you use it and it's it's of great benefit to you. and well done, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think it's one of those things that people need to have conversations about and, and wrestle with a little bit because my sense is that te- the way that technology is moving, there's not going to be much getting away from it at some point, you know, that it, yeah, everyone that. in their everyday life is going to. And, and I mean, something to think about, like you're already involved in using AI at some level or another in your everyday life. Uh, if yeah. you're on like Instagram, right. It, you may not be directing it, but Instagram's algorithm, it's an AI essentially that's basically trying to figure out what it sort of stuff you need to see, or if it's YouTube or if it's Spotify, you know, you're interacting with these things that are already existing in your day-to-day life. In fact, like it may not be exactly true, right? It's not, the same caliber or the same magnitude, but um, like a computer's ability to tell you if or not, that's using some, you know, rudimentary form of artificial intelligence fundamentally mm-hmm. to, to point you in that direction. And so I think it's easy to see where we're at right now, technology wise and lose sight of the fact that, um, you know, we've been on this track for a while, I think. Yeah. We you have. know, and I think that, just as creatives, as individuals, as a culture, we got to keep having these conversations, I guess, to figure out, you know, what we as individuals and as a culture value and how to put these things in their right place so that they can remain just a tool that you can opt in to use or not, you know? 
And that's not even scratching the surface of the whole conversation concerning AI as well, because of course there's questions about copyright when you're using AI. There's questions about how the AI is gathering the information and whether or not it was done ethically. Um, right. There's, there's so much out there. And so I encourage anyone who's interested in it, you know, to, to do research of their own and, and dig into it because it's really fascinating. Um, there's a lot of fun conversations and it's just, I think like I'm saying, I was saying it's something that we're not really going to be able to get away from, you know, these are conversations that I think are going to continue to come to the fore more and more as time goes on. Yeah, dude. And I agree. And I think you're right. I think it is going to be something we're, we're going to get to a point where it's like, Hey, how do I have a healthy balance or relationship with artificial intelligence? Right. Yeah. And there's going to be probably psychologists and psychiatrists writing uh, if they not haven't already writing about how you know mental health and you know yeah i i, I just imagine that's got to be um a thing at some point too definitely you know i like the i liked how you were describing or you were talking about how like maybe you know this is like i'm using this tool out of my tool belt right you know artificial intelligence and then you're like man you know what, this next step requires like having the, the understanding and knowledge like this isn't actually uh, AI. AI is not going to help me with this. I need to actually grab a shovel and dig. Yeah. At this point of, of this process. And I think that's cool. And it's I think there's a blessing in that because it's the autonomy of it. Like you have you have the self agency to choose. Yeah. And that's a huge blessing. Like, hey, I choose to subject myself to this thing, even though it's hard and it's an obstacle and it's going to make me sweat and I'm going to get dirty. And it's like, okay, you know, but there's, you like almost like you already understand the value in it before you're going into it. And, and that's something. <laughs> and the first thing that popped into my head, believe it or not, was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maynard James Keenan. He's the vocalist of Tool. Oh, okay. Bringing him up because, you know, he's got, obviously, he's in, he's in Tool, right? He's got, what's that, Pussifier and then another band. So he's got three bands, dude. He's, a, he's a part of three bands. He's very successful. I mean, uh, like insanely successful uh, vocalist. But he decided, even with... You know, everything was pretty much set, right? And and he decided I'm gonna I wanna start a vineyard and I want to learn how to make wine. And he did that by literally buying the property. He will he actually is like working it with other people, wow. learning from other people, but he's actually doing the physical work and like running forklifts and moving these barrels around. And it's like that to me, I I just see how He's able to, uh, <laughs> he had the choice and he gets to, you know, what's, what's a, that's a blessing is probably got all this, you know, financial freedom where he's like, cool, well, I want to invest in this and I want to do this thing. But he's, sub, he is also understanding the value of subjecting himself to yeah. the process of, hey, I'm going to do the physical labor and I'm going to do these things. I'm going to be a part of the process. And there's some, there's a value in that. And even he, I think in the, this documentary even mentioned like he, he's, it's like a tribal, 
a tribal collaboration and you, you know, try, you know, you like you, you all win. Right. And yeah. into that. So, um, yeah, that's one of the weird thoughts I had. And I, I think that's, trail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's cool. And it's, it's, it is interesting to think about it in that perspective, the idea that, you know, there are some, you know, there's the autonomy, there's taking that agency for yourself and deciding like, I'm going to, do this even though it's difficult and and you know i just think about in terms of writing or you know if i'm thinking about songwriting too you know you might have to engage with the song at some level that they help like using ai is not going to help you with you know because like you spoke to at the beginning of this conversation there's so much emotion and there's so much soul and you know the blood sweat and tears of the artist that goes into making a song you know, particularly if it's like a, a really like emotional song or something that's laden with meeting, let's say. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the idea that you can just use AI to to access that, you know, it's foolish to think, in my opinion. And it, you could use it probably and, and get something that sounds like, meh, you know, that works. But to get that thing that elevates it to great, right? Yeah. Like you have to go into like the depths of your soul and carve that out of yourself and slap it onto your song. And then you have something that is like transcending itself, Yeah, you know? And I think, I think that that is the thing that separates humanity and human creators from artificial intelligence and, and use like the idea that you're just going to use chat GPT or some other technology to just write a book for you. I think that's foolish. It's bananas. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? You know? And the the thing that makes art that transcends is humanity. It is the human, the person and all of the, the stuff that comes along with that. So I, I, there's something irreplaceable about that. I don't think we're ever going to be in a position where AI can actually, you know, pull the wool over eyes, so to speak, and actually feign like, art that speaks at that same level. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, there's something about, about being human. I think that is just, you know, inaccessible to, to AI. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. And I wish I had more like understanding of humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, what sets humanity apart from, you know, the, any animal, versus you know artificial intelligence like what's really setting us apart and it's like yeah it's really fascinating there's so much to that so wow yeah that's all i got dude awesome dude well i think that's about all i got too on that one (laughs) that went all over the place but that's fun i really enjoyed uh talking to you about that because you know i think i think you and i probably are a little bit opposite in terms of not opposite but you know we differ a little bit in how we regard uh AI, I think, and, you know, our own level of like optimism or pessimism with it, but it's fun kind of going back and forth and sharing, hearing your perspective. And it reminds me and be, you know, that we are dealing with something that we don't really understand fundamentally and, you know, to use caution and, and to not, I, I, I really am like latching onto what you said about engaging with the difficult part, engaging with the struggle, you know, because it can be really, really tempting to be like, you know, Hey, I'm total roadblock here. I don't know how to move forward with this. I just need a plot point, you know, like help me with the plot point chat GPT. But yeah, like something about 
either working through it on your own or, or, you know, calling someone up that can serve as that sounding board rather than just using that AI. And right. Yeah. I think that's, there's, there's total beauty in that, you know? Yeah. And, and the other part too, is now you're actually investing in a relationship, right. With a friend or who right. are you talking to about it. And it's like, that's really beneficial. I mean, that should be a high priority. I, I think everybody, for everyone, it should be a high priority. Hey, how do I maintain friendships, relationships in my, in my life? Yeah. Particularly when you're in, you know, life, life-wise it's important. But for me, I've noticed like the, such an enormous benefit with having a relationship with other creative people. I think yeah. that's, that's crucially important. Yeah. You don't feel that, you know, we've talked about this already, right? You don't feel that loneliness and yeah. isolation. You're like, wow, there's other people who are different, but we are on the same wavelength. We understand where each other, what each other is trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Great. The, oh yeah. The other thing I was just going to, I just want to end it with this. Um, I could be wrong about the facts and I wish I should look it up, but I don't have the time. There is a book that was written. I can't remember his, I can't remember his name. It's escaping me, but it's called the shack. Oh yeah. And, yeah. William Paul Young, right? Thank you. Yes. I think it's Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have it right there. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's on my bookshelf right here. That's amazing. <laughs> well, uh, he, and this might be a rumor and I might be getting the years wrong, but I believe he was hitting his own creative block for like 10 years. It was like a 10 year long or some incredible amount of time where he's like, I, I can't come up with anything. And and then he had a dream about the shack and like, that's what the book is. Like it's him, his dream and waking up from that and being like grabbing a pen and paper and just like, you know, and, and it might, it may have been multiple dreams, but it was, it was from what I understood and maybe I could be wrong again. This was a long time ago. I heard this, but that was the rumor. Uh, and it just made me wonder, and, and, and of course he, he, he credits it to God speaking to him because he was so stuck. And God's like, I have a story for you, right? Wow. And, and it just makes me wonder, <laughs> okay, so if he didn't have that 10 year of like dry and that 10 year of just bl being blocked, would that have happened? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that, that's, those those we'll are the questions know. that you can't, yeah, and I hate yeah. that. That drives me nuts. Right. But, but yeah. If he had access to Jack T GPT, you know, we, he still would have been writing whatever books, right? Yeah, possibly. You don't, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I mean, I don't know. So I guess, I guess the underlying question there, right, is would he have been able to write something that was as impactful and moving as it was if he had access to something that could have helped him kind of, you know, overcome those roadblocks a lot earlier? I don't know. Or because I mean, you can, you can pose that question and ask it like a million different ways. It's like, yeah. what if he had access to chat GPT and he got that story 10 years sooner? Ooh, that's good. That's a great question, dude. I don't know. You know, that's and that, that's, that's the frustrating thing is in regards to this, we just have no access to anything resembling an answer because right. it's not like you can go back and like rewrite it and re-experience that block. And, you know, I don't know. It's really interesting to think about. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm leaning toward the sides of, on the side of like my, this is just my opinion. And I'm going to say that openly. I think he would have, 
utilized chat GPT, got around his block and just kept utilizing it, whatever, until he had written a book. And he probably would have written three or four mediocre, mediocre books. Hmm. And then just that would have never happened. Yeah. That's what I think. That's just my you, And you could very well be right. I really, I mean, you really have no idea. Maybe, right. some, you know, sometimes the muse doesn't show up and maybe that's for a reason. You know, right. maybe, maybe that inspiration is lacking for a particular reason. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's some perseverance that needs to be involved for the creative process. And it's like, we just don't understand it. So then th one of the questions that comes to my mind, sorry to keep this going and we're trying to wrap this conversation up, but so, so, you know, listeners have heard me talk about Brandon Sanderson, one of my favorite yep. uh, fantasy authors, right? You would think that that man is a robot because of how quickly he writes, you know, books, his, first of all, he writes massive books anyway, yeah. right? He writes them faster than any other author that I know of, at least, you know, in the traditional industry i know there's a lot of self-published authors that are like out there writing like a book a year or something like that and i'm like hey man good on you but at any rate um in terms of brandon it's like okay so this is this is a good story <laughs> COVID happens right and everyone's like you know oh no everything shut down and everyone's all uninspired and lacking creativity because of their they're in their despair and everything and then mm -hmm. i'm i'm on uh follow his channel on youtube and he posts a video in which it's like a minute long and he basically is like you know i i uh tune in tomorrow there's something i need to talk to you guys about i haven't been honest with you about something and he like the thumbnail for the video his his face looks all like yellow and like sickly looking and he looks like pained like there's something wrong and all of his fans were freaking out thinking like you know he's has cancer or something or like yeah. you know some horrible thing has happened to him the next day he drops this like video where he basically announces that, you know, Hey, I have totally not been honest with you guys because, um, you know, you thought that I was just working on my next book and I, I haven't been working on it because I already finished it and I wrote another book. And then he's like, and then after that book, I wrote another book. And after that book, I wrote three more books basically. And it's like over the course of like several months during covid the world he just sat there and just churned out like four it was like four books and one of them was like a, a children's book so he kind of doesn't count it these are his secret projects he calls them right and he's releasing them this year so it's like i don't know so i, I the, the reason i bring that up is because the man just writes fast and he loves writing he does it out of passion and out of his, he yeah. feels the need to tell these stories right but mm -hmm. to pose your question like I don't know. Was there something like, because he's able to write so quickly at seemingly, yeah. you know, like an AI enhanced rate or something, let's say right, it's right, like, right. yeah. What, are the, the books lesser than they might've otherwise been if he had taken longer to write them or, you know, like I have no, idea. I have no way of knowing like, yeah. Who, who gets to decide like, Oh, your creative process wasn't long enough. Yeah. Or you didn't struggle enough or, or you didn't yeah. persevere hard enough. Right. Like, you know, who, and, and like, besides that, yeah. And like, there is obviously a difference between like you and me. Uh, if I call you up and I'm like, Riley, I'm stuck in my book. Like help me, help me work through this problem versus using chat GPT to like throw ideas at. But like at some level, there's something similar happening, right? Where it's like going out to someone else or something else. And I'm getting ideas tossed back at me or, or thoughts thrown back at me about whatever's going on. Right. And so it's like, 
I don't know. Is is there something less authentic for me if I'm using, let's say, ChatGPT versus calling you versus just persevering and toiling silently on my own? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't, I don't have, have the answer. answer. <laughs> All I know is that it feels really great for me when I'm writing and by whatever means necessary, I get inspired. Yeah. And something clicks in my brain and I go, oh man, I got to go write that now. You know, like I got to make that happen. And for me, I guess I, that, that's, that outcome feels the most important. Mm. you know like that's your priority it's like yeah was i inspired by if it's yeah chat gpt or your own toiling or a conversation with me that's like what was i inspired by and that's yeah like what what was the light bulb that went off in that moment for me you yeah. know like i don't know and, and and maybe some light bulbs are better than others i'm not sure <laughs> yeah it's a great question I, yeah that's really interesting and again i, I already said earlier but like if you were to call a friend like me and just be like, Hey, here's this idea. This here's where I'm blocked and I don't know what to do. Like that's for me, it's like, Hey, that's a two in one dude. Like you get to like, yeah, invest in a relationship and like partner with somebody and collaborate. And that's like, that's huge in and of itself. We've already talked about that in another episode of, of the collaboration episode, but, um, with chat GBT, you don't really have that. You don't have that collaborate yet. <laughs> yes just uh, hopefully geez. that's yeah i don't i don't want to make friends with robots dude i know i i'm uh i'm prejudiced against robots i guess no <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> chat gbt yeah, yeah. uh and right through the screen <laughs> <laughs> and then you know persevering on your own yeah because i guess fundamentally like th so like the the question for me at the heart of it isn't necessarily because obviously like I'm, I, I benefit in more than one dimension if I'm, you know, chatting with you and furthering our friendship as well. But like, if I'm just looking at it through the lens of like the, the value of the creative work and the authenticity of the creative work, like, let's say I, you know, this happened a few months ago, right? I called you up. I was driving somewhere and we we're talking and about a scene that I had, I had been reworking and you're like, well, what if you did this instead? Right. And it's like, what if I had taken one of those ideas that you had suggested that wasn't my yeah. original idea necessarily. It was inspired yeah. by my idea. Right. And right. I was like, Oh, I'm going to put that in there. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like it wasn't my idea necessarily, you know? Oh, I hear what you're saying. Cause you're you like, I mean? can't use it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think one of the questions at hand is the authenticity problem, right? It's like, is this authentic? Is this authentically me, you know? And I guess I would feel, I would feel like that idea is fair game for me to use, personally. Like, yeah. if you were like, Derek, uh, even if you like called me up out of the blue and you were like, okay, Derek, so I just had this crazy idea, and I wonder if, if you could use it for a book or, or a story that you're writing. I'd be like maybe I could use that. Thanks, man. Like I would credit you the idea to, you know, to agree, but also ideas are pretty cheap. Yeah. You know what I mean, especially in the world of writing, you know, yeah, you can right. like five different people can write their own version of the exact same idea and end up with five massively different novels. Oh yeah. I actually, yeah. Let's explore the topic of the copywriting 
and AI. So one of the things that has I was thinking about was, you know, how you've mentioned, hey, you know, if we are talking over the phone and I tell you an idea, you can't necessarily use it because it wasn't your idea, but you can like do something different, right? But with AI, how does that work? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. I think that, I mean, technically speaking, I could, unless you had some sort of proof that you had the idea and then you, you created something using that idea. Mm. I could still use it. And I think that, I mean, if my understanding of copyright raw is correct, then I, I don't even think you can copyright the idea. It's, it's executing a creative work that's inspired by that idea. Right. Right. That's the copyrightable material. And so in terms of with AI, I think what you could do with it, it's, and this is where it gets fuzzy because we don't exactly know, like the law is behind the times in terms of now. I mean, of course it was going to be because all this really exploded over the last like six months or so. But and my understanding is, humans have a human has to be involved in the generative process or the creative process in order for it to have copyright. So let's say if, if you just were like, Hey, I want to write a short story or I want to write a song, but I just want to use AI to do it. Then you could do that and you could um, sell it. Yeah. You could earn money off of it, but you could not copyright it. So then someone else could also do that too. Right. With the, with so if I wrote a book, let's say, and it was completely AI generated and I just tossed it up there on Amazon, self-published it, was earning money off of it. Someone could, because it's not copyrighted, they could come and, and do whatever they wanted with that. They could rework it. They could, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. And they could release it on Amazon as their own product because it has no copyright. Wow. Fascinating. So, um, there's that's, that's one of the the things to think about as you're considering how to if you're going to incorporate AI into the process and then because you could the, the, the question still stands really and I, I suspect that it's going to be more generous than than you might presume because you know I think the idea is we want to enable innovation and we want to enable creativity yeah um, because that's you know, good for the economy, let's say to, to have more people producing more work for sale and more consumers purchasing that work. Yeah. But, but in terms of, you know, just your own considerations, if you were to engage in it and, and create with it, like how, how much do I want to use it? Because then you do have the question of, am I going to be able to, to put a copyright on this depending on what, and, and the jury's still out, you know, like, um, there, there's been no law written. There's been no judge that has necessarily said like, you know, ruled it has to have, yeah, yeah. They haven't ruled one way or the other on it necessarily. It's just to my knowledge, and I could be wrong. So if anyone has any other information, please send it in mm-hmm. and we'd, we'd love to learn about that. But, um, yeah, as far as I can tell, it's as long as there's human involvement, it can be, but then other concerns too, you know, to, I guess, balance out the other side of the coin, right? Other concerns might be, um, you're, whenever you're using one of these AI models like chat GPT or, or whatever, all of the data you're inputting is going somewhere. Yeah. And, and it's being reviewed by people mm-hmm. who are, you know, theoretically they're using it in order to 
train the AI and say, you know, hey, these, these are the sorts of data sets that are coming in. These are the inputs that are coming in from people that are using it and how the AI responded and how can we tweak it and make it answer those questions in a better way or, you know, include some of these data sets into the, the AI's training. Right. So then the question becomes like, well, who else is looking at that stuff that you're inputting? So mm-hmm. if like you have an idea for a character or for a song or, you know, whatever, and you're inputting it in and you want to maintain all of those ideas as your own and original and, you know, kind of unseen, I guess, then there is a risk. And I don't know how great that risk is. I have no idea whether or not the people who work for open AI are sitting there, you know, receiving all this input and going over prompts that people are putting into the the AI and going, Oh yes, that's a great idea for a book. I will steal that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Like what, um, what, how much of it are they actually looking at physically? And no idea. I, <laughs> yeah. So there's that question. And then the next question is like, how do they determine what they should be looking at? Yeah. You know? And and one of the things that you can do is exclude, um, like you can choose in when you're using it to like not include my data for training purposes. Mm-hmm. And so then it's just, you know, lost once you like delete the conversation or end the conversation. But um, it's one of the drawbacks because one, one of the things that's cool about using it is that it actually is able to remember previous input, right? With right. chat GPT or with like being AI or something like that. It's like if if you've begun a conversation, you can continue that. And it doesn't always work perfectly. Sometimes it'll hallucinate or it'll make mistakes or whatever. But um, for the most part, it's fairly good at being able to remember the previous things that you've said, or if you've told it, remember this for the purposes of our conversation, then it's able to do that. Yeah. And it has that context that you've given it and the context of your conversation to inform how it responds to ongoing prompts. Mm. Right. If you exclude your data, um, from, from chat GPT, let's say, uh, for training, then I don't think that you can like have those conversations saved, which some people like to do to go back and, and refer to. So yeah, especially if they're working on something big or complicated, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's a really good, we don't have all the answers to these questions. And unfortunately, you know, I would say, I don't think open AI has been as open as they're originally kind of claimed to be in regards mm-hmm. to how some of these things are working behind the scenes, but I don't know. It's interesting questions concerning your information and your, your creative work and how, yeah, how using these, these tools can possibly affect things like copyright, you know, your ability to, uh, protect your own intellectual property. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting questions that that i I think we'll probably start seeing some answers in terms of like what u.s law says about it here in the coming years yeah but it's a slow moving process can you imagine if open ai and bing because they're the two most common right now right that i know that at least that i know of uh can you imagine if somehow they were able to win a judge or in, in a ruling where they actually, because they helped generate the an idea for this for this author's, you know, book or whatever, they were able to come up, you know, 
give have all this data and present it and it's like oh hey you know this this will work and basically because somebody used it used uh, an ai platform so often that they could actually claim like royalties on it that would be insane that would be insane right but yeah, i could see it happening yeah. because it's like hey we we put we had to set these this system up we had to put in all the effort of like you know dialing it in so that it can give you information that actually is relevant like i could i could honestly see that and that's like, yeah wow, well it's interesting to think about when you when you take that possibility and you know maybe it's a possibility like you're saying but then that op- what that would do is open the doors to for liability for open AI in terms of like how people are using it, yeah. what sort of information they're putting in and getting out from the AI and what they do with that information. They could become liable for, for other people's misbehavior or misuse and abuse of that, that platform. So I think it would probably be a bad idea for them to do that. And they would also erode public trust in these types of things really, really fast. True. So, and yeah, like that cost, hopefully, yeah, pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Hopefully the, the, uh, the cost benefit analysis would, would be self-evident to, to any within that, uh, that structure that would want to use that. But then again, who knows? Crazy things happen. No kidding, dude. So I have a question and this is kind of, we're kind of backtracking a bit, but we were talking about how, you know, we've, been talking about how you can talk, to, you know, chat with, do a chat with AI or open GPT or whatever, chat GPT. You could, you know, do the process by yourself or you call, you know, call a friend, right? Phone <laughs> so a like friend. I'm, yeah, phone a friend. Like, you know, who, who wants, wants to be a millionaire? millionaire? Yeah. <laughs> phone a friend. So those are your, those are your three options. So, or lifelines, that what they call them? Yeah, three lifelines. Lifeline. So, in that, you know, because there's that possibility of me, like you, you're stuck in a section of the book, and I'm like, "Hey, I have this idea," and you're like, "Wow, that's a really cool idea, Riley." You know, I'm gonna take that, and you take it, and then all of a sudden, you're like big and famous and bigwig, and we never talk anymore, and I get all <laughs> jealous because you're like so well off, and I could have been. You know, whatever. I'm just, this is totally hypothetical, right? So then no, one day I'm like, This is actually happening, guys. Where the podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I'm like, You know what? I'm going to sue him because he took my idea for like one tiny right. little sentence of the, you know, like the book, and which is ridiculous, right? But it could happen. You know, it could happen in, in different circumstances, different situations, not you and I, but like, you know, with someone else. So then, that begs that brings up the thought is it better for me as, as as you're trying to like push through this block and you're coming to me do i do i would i would i would i be better off asking questions rather than giving ideas i think it's context dependent but yeah. i would say that i wouldn't personally like i i don't know like so so when i'm in my my writing group um, we give each other straight up suggestions all the time. Like, what if you had him do this instead? Or I think you should do this, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's just a super normal part of the creative process when you're collaborating with other people yeah. for them to provide input. Because oftentimes 
you don't necessarily take those ideas and use them verbatim, but you'll twist it and make it your own anyway. Right. But like, let, let's say that you, you know, you and I are talking and, you know, you give me an idea, like it might be the idea that I needed, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Right. It, it could be. And so I think that the, the, yeah, I think I would, I would probably just be like, dude, that was the idea I needed. Thank you. Like I'm going to run right. with that, you know? And the the thing is like from like a copyright perspective or a, you know, an, a, a, like a legal perspective or something like that. Like there's, let's say you wanted to sue me or something, right? Like there's no way that you can, unless you'd already written that idea and like copyrighted it yourself, which you don't even have to copy. Like if you're writing right. for, for all of your writer friends out there, musicians, like what, whenever you've recorded something or whenever you've written something down, that is an actual tangible like thing that you've created that has like a timestamp on it because you know, you've written it and there's like some metadata associated with that, whether you're writing in like Google docs or, or Scrivener, or if you're recording with, you know, whatever, uh, audacity or whatever studio, like it's going to have timestamps and all this metadata associated with it that will indicate when it was, the file was created. Right. There's your protection right there. That's like, it's not an actual copy, right? But if it were ever to come down to it, like you've got proof that that was the original thing that you created and it, it preceded the thing that someone else is trying to make a claim against. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I'm not a legal expert, so. Right. But you, you obviously know enough for me, you know, you know, the (laughs) the, most of the basics of it to where you're like, Hey, this is what I understand. So that's good to know. Right. So if, if, if someone like stole my novel off of my, like, uh, my, my, hard drive or something like that somehow mm-hmm. like i i have backups right and i they're all time stamped and so if it ever like came down to it and i wanted to spend all the money to go to before a, a judge and say like hey they that person stole my my intellectual property then like i would be able to prove to them that like yeah this book that they stole from me i started writing back in 2017 and yeah. here's the timestamps to prove it you know yeah ed sheeran he stole my he stole my songs and my novel. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Sheeran, what are you doing, man? No, no, but yeah, he, was he, it's so funny though, because he, he, and he, and there's multiple interviews where he's like, it's the same flipping four chords. I mean, take any yeah. hit song. It's these four chords and play yeah. it and you do it, go through like, I don't remember how many. Can, can through, you like, imagine if, um, can you imagine if somehow the judge had ruled uh, against Ed Sheeran in that? Like the ramifications yeah. for for artists that want to use any same three or four chords. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> you're totally toast. You have to use something. Make new chords, right? Yeah, make new it. chords. You'd have to use notes. Like you couldn't even use. Golly, you wouldn't even be able to use like your true notes. Like you, know, you have a G and an A and that certain frequency. You'd have to like go half a frequency off or something nuts where you're in between notes. Yeah. Like you'd have yeah. to do something like that, which yeah. is insane. Uh, insanity. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my yeah, word. The copyright aspect of it is of, of, of creativity is complicated, but it's, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. We'll just send it. We'll <laughs> just, like, yeah, pin it with that. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> so one of the thoughts I had, because, uh, and we're, we're kind of going back again. It's kind of my follow-up thought. 
All right. So the thought is, you know, you're you're in a process of creating. You do a lifeline, call a friend or phone a friend, and it's this technique is something that I've seen or you know, kind of watched and seen, uh, where a psychiatrist or a counselor will ask questions to the person Mm. who's having, you know, has mental difficulties or emotional difficulties. And it makes me wonder if that technique would be useful with someone who has a creative block, you know, because I can throw out ideas and maybe, you know, that does help. Right. But then there's the aspect of like asking questions, even if it's about a character, like, well, why would he do that? Or like, well, what, you know, just, and why do you think that? You know, just yeah. those kinds of questions that make you have to really dive deep. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something that I thought of. I'm like, well, I bet that'd be a pretty helpful tool to be able to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and it is, it is because oftentimes like whenever I've come up against like a difficulty in my writing or like the scene's not working, why isn't it working? And, you know, you, you can look at it from a couple different perspectives. And one of them is like from like the, the kind of character's motivational perspective yeah. and like, well, what's motivating them throughout the scene and, and how is that motivation interacting with the motivations of other characters? Is there conflict, you know, because their, their motivations are misaligned for whatever reason. And so that means you have to really think through and sometimes, you know, you can think that you've done that, but you know, it isn't until someone says like, well, Hey, like, you know, why, why is, so-and-so doing this and then you answer like but, but, okay but why you know and, and you dig further you push them and it's like mm-hmm. okay well actually now that you're pushing it it's like i'm realizing i haven't like gotten to the bottom of this yet mm. yeah so i yeah i think that's really useful i think that's a and I, again i think it's context dependent right sometimes i think like if you've got an idea like hit me with it because i'm needing ideas but sometimes if it's like not so I, I, I find it it's mostly it's ideation versus like execution. Yeah. Right. It's like if, if I'm wanting to like get a bunch of ideas rolling around, then like just throw your ideas at me. But if it's a matter of, um, you know, like, hey, this isn't working. How can I make the like execute this scene better? Right. Then it's like, like, ask me some questions to like walk me around the answer until I can see it clearly for myself. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. even even if it would make sense to me in terms of like, well, what you should do it this way, maybe not specifically yeah. saying it out loud, but like allowing you to find it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what even like psychiatrists do. They don't like, they, it's like, I have the answer. I know what the problem is, but you need to find but it. It's and not meaningful it unless you can. Uh, yeah. Yourself. Yep. You have to discover it. Yeah. You can kind of hold their hand or kind of guide them through it to, to find it. Yeah. I don't know. Just a thought. No, I think that's, that's really useful. Yeah. And I've experienced that, you know, um, some of my, my writing friends have done the very same thing, you know, asking me those, those why questions or nice, you know, like what, what's, what's the reasoning behind this? And yeah, it's, it forces you to look deep into those things and, and try to get at that character's perspective in a way that's like, you know, Hey, that's really gonna help me to solve that problem in a, in a more, in a deeper way, full of more understanding, you know, being able to actually figure out what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Because then that, that informs everything that you do moving forward as well. Yeah. That makes sense. Really interesting to think about. And, uh, I can't wait to, uh, 
explore this further down the road too. Maybe we'll have someone on at some point that knows a lot more about AI than yeah. than we do. And that'd be cool. Yeah. If if any listeners uh, have suggestions, toss them at us, please. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. And there was, I was thinking of it earlier. If you've got any, you've got any ideas or any opinion about AI or maybe how it's even benefited you or how it has not benefited you uh, in your creative process, we'd love to hear that. We'd love to hear that feedback. Yes. Please let us know. Um, yeah. We'll try to get Maynard James Keenan on the show. Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> in fact, just ask him about know, AI. <laughs> it'll happen. Just wait. It's coming. Uh, it's coming in the just pipeline. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh! Totally kidding, but yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. Um, since since we know you're listening, <laughs> come on our show, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was fun, dude. I really appreciated yeah. this talk, and it 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 helps. It's helped me to open up my mind about AI, and I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on it. Um, Absolutely, different perspective. I'm, I'm always. I was always uh, like glad to have differing opinions and like to hear yours out and it's fun. Yeah. Same, same to you, man. hundred percent. It's fun to just, you always bring something to the table that I haven't considered, you know, or, or at and least from something from a perspective that I haven't, you know, seen it. So it's super helpful. So thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Same to you, dude. And there's things that you bring up. I'm like, I never think of that like that. And it's, it's great. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. We hope you found value in today's discussion and are feeling inspired to live out your creative life. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to any resources we may have mentioned and to join our Discord community where you can connect with other creatives. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can drop it in the appropriate channel on the Discord server, or you can send us an email at livingcreativitypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. Thanks again, and as always, keep creating. Keep creating.